I thought I was lost, but then I realized I was on an adventure finding myself. Hey everyone, do you know an organization that's looking for a keynote speaker, workshop host, or retreat speaker? I am currently filling slots for the 2023 speaking year. I'd love to talk about everything that we talk about here on the podcast. You've been hearing me talk about Arbon, but you're probably wondering what it is. Arbon is a vegan, gluten-free skincare and cosmetic and nutrition company. It has strict standards for clean products and ethical business practices. The company is over 40 years old and has been doing clean before clean was the trend. These products have made an impact in my life and can make an impact in yours. Check the link in the show notes. Welcome back to the Finding Myself podcast. We're now going to rejoin the mindset and mindfulness for your body with Kendra Sion's episode, part two. So in, um, I think it was one of your reels, you talked about the stories that we tell ourselves and comparing ourselves to others, uh, that we have these thoughts, but we don't have to give in to them. And I think that's interesting because people think, well, if I have the thought, I've got to play it out. Right. (laughs) But you've got a different way of looking at it. Yeah. I love, I love this question. And because here's the thing, we have a human brain and our brain was wired for survival. And what that means is that our brain is going to orientate and focus on things that, that we think is, is going to help with our survival. And so our brain is just going to offer us thoughts. Like that's the way that I look at it. Our, our brain offers us thoughts. Like imagine like somebody offering you something like a, um, let's say like a, um, a bucket of, a bucket of dead fish. Okay. Sorry. I, my brain went to other things. Okay. I was right there with you. That's what I think. I thought you were going to say. Right. Somebody hands you a bucket of dead fish and you literally get to say like, yeah, I'll take that or no, no, thank you. Right. And that's what our brain does all day. But what we do is we just take it. We we totally, somebody is, our brain is giving it to us and we think that it's fact. We just assume that it's fact and we go down the rabbit hole of that way of thinking. And that's what's, what's been such a gift for me of like learning mindfulness and meditation is they, they refer to it as having like this witness. And so it's like, it's the, you're witnessing your thoughts um, versus being in the tunnel vision of the thought, right? So I love this analogy, which is imagine that you're on um, a freeway. There's like six lanes of freeway with fast cars going, going, going about you, right? Big trucks, big cars, like, you know, super fast, really loud. And that experience is going to be really overwhelming, right? You're going to be like, oh my God, like, you know, it's, it's, it's just an overwhelming, constant flow, right? 
But if you decide I'm going to go stand on the sidewalk and now watch the cars going by, now it's like I can pay attention in a different way. Like, oh, there goes a big truck. Oh, there goes a yellow car. Oh, there goes a yellow car again. That's a familiar yellow car, right? So now let's bring this to the conversation of our thoughts. People refer to our thoughts as like racing thoughts, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's a very, oh my God, my thoughts are just racing. Like, so that's like being in the middle of the freeway, right? Or if you have an overwhelming thought, it's like you just are just overwhelmed by by that thought. But if you decide I'm going to step on the sidewalk, I'm going to be in that witness mode of my thoughts and now just notice, oh, isn't it interesting that I'm comparing myself to that person? Oh my God, (laughs) it's so different than being in the thought of, oh my God, that person's so much prettier than me. I look like a fat piece of whatever next to them, right? Like you're, you're buying what your brain is offering you versus, oh, look at me. Isn't that interesting that I am comparing myself to this person? And, you know, in that scenario, like, why am I comparing myself to that person? What is about the scenario? Why is it important for me to uh, compare myself to that person? That That's always, for me, the interesting when you stop and think, what was the point of that thought? Right. Where Where does it matter in my life? to have that comparison as information. Yep. And a lot of times it's like, well, not on a job interview. I uh, am not competing for the attention of someone. Um, There is no point to that comparison other than influencing my feelings in a negative way. And do I really want to give into that? Right. Hopefully the answer is no. And I, I always love to relate things back to like, just, I like to normalize things yes. because it could be easy to go like, what is the point of doing that? Oh my God. I'm so like, I'm such a weak person for like always feeling so insecure or whatever. Right. Like that's not helpful, but to think of it in terms of like brain science mm-hmm. and how we evolved. So there's an actual evolutionary function to comparing ourselves to others. Right. And this is part of the stuff that, you know, that I educate people on is like our emotions, why we evolved to have them, how they're actually like wired in there for a reason. And you're not like some, you know, weak, insecure person for having it. Like knowing that information is actually really empowering and it can help you then process the emotion and regulate it in a way that's going to be more helpful. So let's look at the example of comparing, right? So, so, so that emotion would be envy right? I feel envy. I wish I was like that. So why do you think, like, I'll just like pose it to you. Why do you think we evolved to feel envy of somebody? I'm probably not the right person to ask because I have this whole, um, I don't want to call it a speech, but I have this whole thing that (laughs) I talk to my middle school girls about. So I I have a little bit extra information here and can go right into that. Um, well, then I will tell you then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we evolved to have that to actually improve ourselves. 
to make ourselves better. Because if we didn't compare ourselves to other people, if we never had the thought, oh, that person's doing it better, right? Like think back to like, you know, our earliest, earliest ancestors. Yes. Like, if you never looked at like another group of, of humans, you know, figuring out how to, uh, how to build something or how to cook or, you know, how to make a fire or something like that. Like you'd never be inspired to do that yourself. You'd just be like, Oh, boop, boop, boop. Things are good over here. Right. So like, it's actually wired in for a really good reason. Yeah. For those survival skills. Cause ultimately better. We want to survive, and if we can glean information to help us survive and come out on top, yeah, we want to do that. That's a good thing. So now we take it into modern day, right? And I'll I'll give this example. Um, Well, first, let me say, so when you put it into modern day, then you want to ask yourself, so I'm, I'm noticing that I'm feeling envy. And one of the best questions that you can ask yourself is, is that actually something that I want? And I know that the answer might seem obvious, but it's not always. And I'll give you an example from my life. So at some point I was focusing on, um, on this colleague of mine, this woman that I, that I graduated, um, from my master's degree with, and I saw what she was doing, um, professionally after we graduated. And I noticed myself feeling really envious. I was like, Oh my God, like she's so much further ahead than me. Like, look at what she's doing. She's doing such amazing stuff. And then, but I knew this, this trick because I've been teaching it for a while is do I actually want that? And when I really leaned back and thought about it, I was like, no, I don't want to be doing what she's doing. All right. I don't want to be doing that. So when you said like, what's the point of comparing myself, right? Like, so that would be a great example of like, that was just like a habit of thought, just like I had envy. And so I assume that that's something that I want and that that's better than what I'm doing. And it's like, no, I actually don't want that. (laughs) And so it really helped me to just let go of that envy. And then instead just feel really happy for her. Mm -hmm. Like, and feel like, just feel really happy that she's doing what she wants to do and to just know, like, I'm doing what I really want to do. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And I can kind of come up with a different scenario, different outcome. Um, So I, I belong to a pool. I've been at the pool this summer. And of course, being in a bathing suit, everyone has their own feelings about being in a bathing suit. And I, thankfully, I belong to a pool where there are people of different sizes and shapes. And oh God, are there pools where there are only one size and shape? <laughs> I, well, I guess I should say that I don't feel the pressure that I need to be. Just, yeah. yeah, I hear you. There's there's a variety. There's a there's body diversity. Yay. And yeah. I see, and I'm just gonna speak about women. I see some women like rocking some bathing suits, um, some of the trendier bathing suits, and they just are walking around without a care, at least from what it appears, without a care in the world. And I'm like, I want to be like them. I I um, want to be able to walk on the side of the pool and not feel like I got to suck it in, you know, put my shoulders up, uh, or that I have to have the cover up on, 
or that I have to look like a size four in the bathing suit because I'm not a size four or even close. There are going to be some lumps and bumps in my my bathing suit. And I just want to have their confidence. And so I watch them and I compare and I'm I am envious because I want the confidence. It's not that I want the body. I want that confidence to be just like, this is it. And I'm here to have fun with my kids. Mm -hmm. I'm here to connect with other people. I'm here just to enjoy and relax. And I don't want to be thinking about, am I sitting the right way? Is my mommy pooch hanging out? Mm -hmm. Um, Do I need to pull this up and pull this down? And oh gosh. I love that distinction that you made between like you, you get it that it's not that I want to have their body. It's that I want to have the confidence. And that is such an important distinction because I can tell you, I've been much thinner than I am now and was not confident, was not confident and confidence. And this is something that I train people in confidence is actually a skill. It's a skill which I didn't realize that I used to walk around seeing other confident people. And I thought you're just born that way. Yeah. No, it is actually a skill that you actually have to practice. And I actually heard, I heard this actually um, in the context of business that confidence is earned. So that's another way that you can look at it. It's earned through, you know, putting yourself out there in a new way, trying something on, like trying on a a new mindset or trying on a new way of being, trying on something, putting it into practice. And by doing that, by taking a new action like that, you actually, you, you grow a little bit of confidence from doing that. Yeah. Right. And, and knowing that it's a skill, like that was, that was so, um, life-changing for me because I really thought, I'm just so insecure. I'll never be like that. But it's something that you can learn. (laughs) Something you can learn, which is so amazing. I kind of did some work, I don't know, a couple years ago or so on myself and looking at some of the images in media and some of the influencers. And I'm I'm 4'11". I am not a skinny mini. I've got a mom bod. And there are people who have a different body shape than me that are heavier than me. And I wish I had what I thought was I wish I had their body. I see how it looks in the clothing. Mm. And it's like, I don't think that's really, I did that, that thought, putting the thought in and asking, is that really what you want? And I realized, no, it was the confidence that I wanted mm-hmm. that I really saw their confidence show through what they were wearing, and that's what made them attractive. Mm-hmm. And um, and they they looked good in the clothes, not because of how the clothes were were worn in a material sense, but how they were worn in a an emotional sense. Yeah, and the energy. Like yes. what came to mind is like the energy that they exuded. Yes. And Mm -hmm. so that really made me look at things differently and um, also accept my body the way it is Mm -hmm. a bit more 
that I don't, I don't need to fit a certain, uh, you know, stereotypical size. Um, When I'm confident in the outfit that I'm wearing, when I'm confident in the shoes that I'm standing in, Mm -hmm. that is where I'm going to look my best. And that's what I try to strive for. Uh, and I know with everything that you do, you do a lot of that mindset because that's what we're talking about here is that mindset and wrapping that mindset around and other things will come along as we do that. Mm-hmm. So you do some, again, some mindful activities on your reels, those simple things yeah. that anyone can do. Can you share one with us today? Sure. Yeah. A mindfulness. Um, I mean, the first one that comes to mind just because it's related to this conversation of confidence is, um, is just actually mindfulness of our posture, how we're carrying our body. And so it's like, I know for myself, I just used to have this like rounded forward shoulders. I would cross my arms in front of me a lot And, um, and what's interesting about the body is that there's certain positions that you can put your body in that actually create a a chemical state in your body. And so by going into this kind of collapsed state, you're actually creating a fear response in your body, just naturally without even you're not, let's say you're not afraid, but you just automatically go like this, or I'm leaning forward and and hunching right now for people who obviously can't see me. Um, And it will create that state in your body. Now take the opposite of that. that, Well, maybe not necessarily the opposite, but let's say um, there's like power poses, there's a natural, like instinctual, again, back to this, like how we evolved, there's an instinctual, like reflexive body position that we go into when we are proud of ourselves, when we succeeded, when we accomplished something, when we won a race or whatever, and you'll see it, it's like universal, specifically around athletes, you can see it a lot, but it's basically arms up, right? Like I have my arms up stretched, Um, my arms are out like a big Y, right? And when you go into that position, you, you you naturally, so not only would the feeling of being proud have you do that, but you can also go into that position and create a new neurochemical state in your body. And so basically what I'm getting at is like, let's say in between those two is actually just standing up tall. So having your shoulders back, lifting your chest up, having your heart open, it's, it's just basically standing up or sitting up tall. And by doing that, you actually create a state, like a body memory state of confidence. You didn't have to change anything about, you know, the way that you're thinking or, you know, practicing any particular, like, you know, tool or skill or anything like that, other than just changing the way that your, that your body is aligned. And so where the mindfulness piece comes in is being mindful of, oh, I'm collapsed. And now I'm mindfully going to lift up and expand and just notice, 
just notice, how does that change how I am showing up right now? How does that change how I'm walking? How does it change how I feel present with this person in front of me? Right. Or even if you're just sitting on your own, like at home in, in your, in your office or, you know, whatever the situation is. And just that simple practice can change so many things, so many. So that's one example of mindfulness. And I, I think that is a great example because everyone can do that. Mm-hmm. It brings our focus onto our body, how it's feeling, because when we are hunched over and we're kind of in that covering up phase, we're actually restricting our lungs and our diaphragm. Wow. Great point. Yes. So we're, it's the shallow breathing, which goes with that fear response, with that anxious response. Yep. So just opening up is going to start to lower our blood pressure, get oxygen through to our body. It does change us and our our physiological state. Mm -hmm. And to be mindful of that throughout our day, I think that's a simple practice that someone can commit to to make a big difference. And And again, that's what I love with your approach. This is something simple that everyone can do, but let's be mindful and and make it part of our every day and the changes will happen. Yeah. And, and I also want to drop in there too, the way that other people receive you mm. will also shift. You're, good point. It's crazy when you start to stand up in a, in a bigger way, in a, in a way that really like claims your, you know, I deserve to be here, you know, claims your space doing by standing up tall and people will see you differently. They'll feel your energy is different. They'll feel you as confident. They'll feel you as somebody that they want to interact with because a lot of my clients that I work with who have struggled with weight for so long, they feel invisible. Like there's, you know, there is the people who struggle with, you know, being stared at because they're, you know, big or, you know, whatever it is. But, but there's also this general feeling of like, I don't exist. And a lot of that has to do with our posture and the energy that we have that other people are then being influenced by and picking up on. Cause you're kind of putting out like, don't see me, don't look at me. Right. I uh, had a situation last, uh, well, in the spring, I'll say, had a situation where typically um, someone came to me and asked me essentially to be the bigger person in a situation. And in my impression, I was going to be a, a fall guy. And given my position as a counselor, at times um, we're the position, we're not a person. We do things to help other people, not ourselves. Right. And in this situation, I chose not to be my position, but to be me as the person. And so I actually recognized in this conversation with my my supervisor, you know, it started off where, you know, my head was down. I couldn't quite make 
constant eye contact and I was trying to explain my position. And then I noticed that my head came up, my shoulders kind of came down and I was firm. I expressed myself. I was emotional. I'm I'm not going to hide that fact. But I was very clear and firm and stood my ground and gave good points and chose to make me, the person, Meredith Siget, be seen instead of the the mental health professional. Um, And I was in that moment, I felt so good. I, I felt seen. Yep. Just what you, I felt seen. And I was just like, like, you can stand up for yourself. You can be a strong person that doesn't make you a bad person. Yeah. And I, like, I took it on. And, and the rest of the day. Yeah. I walked around with my shoulders back and my head held high. I and, love that. You know, I, I I love it, but that that feeling that I had, like sitting here today, it fills my heart. I can feel that feeling again in my heart of what it felt like that day to uncurl and kind of stand tall and say, "I matter." Right. So I love that, and I can I can see it. I mean, I, I'm seeing you, and I could see this change yeah. as you were telling the story, and I was like, I felt satisfaction in my body just watching you <laughs> uncurl. I was like, ah, oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you know, another point just came to me that I think is really important, mm-hmm. which is, you know, for if you're anything like I was, just really obsessed with what you you know this end goal of how you wanted to look and feel and all that, like. Um, it's so important that we practice embodying that, you know, what you think the end goal is along the way, because a lot, like a lot of the reason why we can stay at a, at a certain weight that we don't like is because there's actually a comfort in that. And a lot of people are What's that? It's who we are. Yes. That's yeah. how we see yeah, ourselves. Yeah. That's yep. that's who we are. I'm right. I'm the girl with a little bit extra on. I shop in this area. I wear the clothes that cover things up. Oh absolutely. I, I can't wear that. That's not me. That's not me. Yeah. Totally. Yes. And oh man, I wish I could remember the exact quote because of course it was Tony Robbins and he said it in a really powerful way, but it was something like one of the most powerful forces in the universe is a human's need to maintain their identity. Something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God. Like, it's just, and, and it goes back to that evolutionary, like it's associated with survival. If you've been this identity for so long on an unconscious level, that's communicated to all the trillions of cells that you have. This means survival. It's been working. We've survived this long. So this is the identity <laughs> that works, right? Yeah. And so there's like, there's a, an addiction to that. There's a, um, there's a need for that. There's a, like, there's a orientation towards that. And so if you're not actively like on this weight loss journey 
practicing this new identity, then when you get to your goal, it's probably not going to last because it's going to feel so unfamiliar, so uncomfortable. Yeah. I um, I don't know if you are familiar with the book Badass Habits by Jen Sinchiro. No, but it sounds awesome. It, it is a great book. I um, dropped an episode about badass habits a little bit earlier in the summer. And part of what she talks about with the habits is start to take on that identity of what you want to become. And I, in the episode that I did, I used the example with my audience uh, that I joined a running club. But I never have classified myself as a runner because a runner needs to be a certain body shape. You need oh, to have those course. runner legs and you need to have the running shorts and you need to run five miles every day. And that right. wasn't me. So I would go to running club and I guess, in all honesty, I wasn't completely taking it serious in the beginning because I wasn't a runner. Mm -hmm. I, I just wasn't a runner. But then I got to a certain point and I'm like, hold on a minute. Like, what is the definition of being a runner? It's just someone who runs. Isn't that uh -huh. what I'm doing? <laughs> so then I became a runner. And I took on that identity that I wanted yeah. And things changed. Wow. And it just felt different. And it really is kind of looking at what do you want? Take on that identity. Use that identity as fuel to the fire, not yeah. as an excuse to check out and, and do things half-assed or to accept the failure. Right. Use it as this is my success. I am fill in the blank. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And that's one of the most powerful um, uh, processes that I take people through is actually really getting into a, a place of envisioning your future self, like this future self of who you're becoming and tapping into their wisdom. Like her, I'm going to use her because that's the pronoun I use, but tapping into her wisdom, that future self wisdom was so powerful for me as I was um, creating new habits around my eating. So I'll share one of my biggest ones <laughs> was uh, after dinner, totally satisfied, like to body is totally satiated, right? And now I'm going to go put away the dishes. I'm going to put away the food. And as I'm putting it away, I like, you know, maybe I put the food in the Tupperware, but I like take the last bits like in the pan <laughs> and eat them. Right. And like, it's not that that's bad. And it's not that that one habit is going to make me gain weight or, you know, whatever. But when I really tuned into the future self, the future identity that I was creating, which is a woman who she stops eating when her body is satisfied, when her body is satiated. She doesn't like pick randomly, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's who she was for me personally. And so when I was you know, practicing. So it takes the mindfulness, right? It takes that awareness of the, oh, there I go with the spoon, right? Coming up to my face. 
So that's where the mindfulness comes in there. But then this powerful question of, I'm a person who puts away the food. I'm a person who, when I'm putting away the food, I just put away the food. I'm a person who, when I'm done eating, I'm done eating. Right. And so like, that's an example of me actually taking on the perspective of that future self before I'm at the like, you know, vision of that future self, right? Like such a different approach than going like, oh, I can only eat healthy foods or I can't do that. I have to do this or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. Like, no, it's like, who, what's that identity that I am becoming and practicing now on my way to being her? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I, uh, I think that is a great visual and a great application to some of those small steps that make a difference. So I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, totally. Cause it's, I mean, it's, for me, it was a lot of just these little, like, you know, mindless, mindless picking, mindless grazing, mindless snacking, mindless, like, I'm just in the pit, you know, like a really common one for me and a lot of my clients is like, as soon as you come home, you just go straight to the pantry or straight to the fridge, right? Yes. Like that started for me in middle school. Like it was like, as soon as I got home, I beeline to the fridge and that's just a habit. It's like, literally I have a neural pathway in my brain that just automatically does that. Well, you said mid- so- you said middle school. I I think you're onto something that you come home for an after school snack. Yeah, and that just transitioned to an after work snack. Yeah, without even, and that wouldn't be a you know a problem if I was hungry. But I'm talking. I'm just doing that. Yeah, <laughs> like no assessing, like being hungry, like nothing. It's it's just an automatic like reflex at that point, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just. It's the light bulbs going off in my head. Of that is an area that I have been conscious of the yeah. snacking before dinner. So coming home and, and you know, I, I try to do the healthy snacks or I try to look at the time and go, you're going to have dinner in 20 minutes. I think you can hold off. So I'm trying to be mindful, but understanding where it came from and why I do it uh, yeah. makes sense. Makes sense to me. Well, I'm looking at where it came from. Like all of our habits, they came from something oftentimes in childhood and it served some kind of a purpose. So and and then since it was working, you know, it served a purpose, it was working, you repeat it. And when you repeat something, your brain creates a neural pathway so that you can repeat it very efficiently. So like opening a doorknob is a really good example. If Can you imagine if you didn't have a neural pathway for opening a doorknob? You'd be late to, I mean, I'm already late sometimes to things. You'd be so late because you'd be, you'd approach the doorknob and you'd go, okay, now, what now am I, right? You don't right. do that. You have a neural pathway. You just turn it. Okay. So then we take that to the habit of, let's say, eating as soon as I get home. So for me, the reason why I ate when I came home in middle school is so that I could decompress, mm. it was so that I could 
wind down. Mm -hmm. It was my way to take the edge off. It was my way to wind down. Right. And I didn't know that then, right. We already talked about this. We didn't learn about emotions. It was just like all throughout school, I was building up all this stress, building up all this stress, getting wound up, wound up, wound up, not knowing how to process that emotion or regulate it or anything. And then, so when I came home, finally, now I'm going to unwind with a snack, right? Yes. And there's so much wisdom to that. Like that was like, I figured something out that worked. Like there's a genuine wisdom in that. So I honor that, that I figured that out. But then you, you fast forward and you continue with that and you move forward to present time where I'm coming home from work, say, and maybe that habit still is serving the same purpose, right? Like I had a stressful day at work and now I come home and I just need to unwind, right? And that habit is just, it's just there, right? And it's, and, but sometimes for some people, it's not still serving that that purpose. Like maybe they actually really love their job, but they still have that habit of coming home and going right to the pantry. And so what I teach people um, in particular with the, like, you know, where, where the habit is serving the purpose of unwinding rather than focusing on, okay, how do I stop myself from using food to unwind? A better question is how do I actually stop winding myself up to begin with? Right? So like, if you think about, I I like this analogy of like, you know, winding up, you know, those toys that you would wind up and you'd wind up, wind up, wind up, wind up. Like maybe they have like those baby chicks. It's a common one, you know? So you wind it up and then when you put it on the table and you let go, it's right. It like goes all around the table. Yeah. So that's how I look at like, if I don't know how to regulate my, my emotions throughout the day, I'm winding myself up, winding myself up, winding myself up. And then when I get home, I finally let go and I unwind and I eat everything. Yes. <laughs> and so what I teach people is how do you, how do you actually, A, not get wound up during the day or wind up less? And B, how do I regulate that getting wound up so that I don't need to come home and finally unwind with, you know, a bottle of wine or whatever munchy foods in the in the cabinet, right? And so it's so important to be learning emotional regulation skills that you can apply throughout the day. I love that. You've got me thinking now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, like, um, one favorite one that I have that I share a lot is shaking. (laughs) So this is something that you see in a lot of animals is when they experience something that's stressful, they shake. So you can see this if you have a dog. I, I, I watch my dog do this all the time. I'm like, oh, she's stressed or that she just experienced that as stress. I know that because she just had this reflex of shaking. And I personally believe that humans probably did shake naturally, like shake it off um, at some point. But then we became like these refined, like, you know, <laughs> people that needed to look cool. And so we lost that probably, you know, hundreds of years ago. Um, but if you shake your body 
And so like, let's make it practical. If you're at work and you're experiencing a lot of stress, you can actually go to the ladies room or the men's room, whatever, and go inside the stall and just shake your body. Like literally you just shake your hands, you shake your arms, your legs, your head, every piece of your body. And you actually want to do it for a little bit of time so that it feels like you're, you're creating some energy in there. You're like releasing some energy, right? And then when you stop, you will notice, um, kind of like a, a buzzing feeling, kind of like a, actually we could do it right now. Do you want to try it right now? Sure. Okay. So this is how you can do it sitting is you actually will make two fists and you'll have your arms at your side and you're just going to go like this really fast. So you're going back and forth. We'll do this for like 10 seconds, 10, nine, make sure you're breathing seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. And now release and take a breath. Just notice what you feel. And what do you feel? You can tell us, tell me out loud. I, this is a little hippy dippy trippy, but my, my listeners know that I feel my energy. Yeah. I, I, um, I feel like my energy field in my hand and around me. Yes, totally. There's like a, a vibration, there's yes. an energy, there's a, a sense of aliveness, aliveness yeah. is what I call it. And when you can get in touch with that aliveness, it will get you out of the racing thoughts, the anxiety, the, you know, because what we tend to do is we are in the experience of the racing thoughts and then our body tenses up against it and feels tension and anxiety. And it just creates this loop between feeling tension and going up to our head, feeling tension and going up to our head. And so of course, at the end of the day, (laughs) when you get away from that experience of all day being in that state, like you're going to need something to, um, to regulate that. And so if you've found food, there's a huge wisdom to that. But at this point, if you, you know, if you're on a weight loss journey or whatever, you've realized that probably the negative consequences are outweighing the positive consequences. But if you're able to regulate that throughout the day, you're not going to need to use food at the end of the day. Right? Yeah. I uh, use the shaking with my students. Yeah? Yeah, I do. Oh, uh, you know, awesome. I, You know, using Taylor Swift, shake it off and some, oh my god! I totally have played that song. <laughs> Shaking, yes. Um, some kids, you know, kind of drop in humor and laugh, and they they think it's silly. They'll do it, but they laugh along with it, which changes their mood. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And then yeah. some of the kids really get into it, and they really needed that physical release. Yeah. Um. So you know, being open to it, you will find a positive on the other end of it. Either that you needed that physical relief, or you're willing to laugh at yourself, and that changes your mood and your perspective. Yeah. So. Yeah. Totally. Oh. So either way, it's working. Yes. Yes. <laughs> kind of all depends on what you need in that moment. Right. Yeah. 
Kendra, it has been such a delight. That's not even the right word. It has been awesome to talk with you. I knew, I knew that you were going to be a fabulous guest. A lot of what you talked about is just uh, near and dear to my heart. So I'm so glad that we connected. And I know that you are doing such amazing things. Would you tell my listeners about it? Yeah. Um, you know, and actually, I just want to say one thing yeah. that I think is so awesome is we have talked this whole time. You know, I help people stop overeating. I help people create the body of their dreams and maintain it. Yeah. And you asked me to be on this podcast to talk about how I work with people. And what I think is so awesome is we did not mention food, like what to eat. Yes. Once. Did we not talk about that once? We did not talk about that once, right? We did not do the woulda, coulda, shouldas, or here's our formula to 20 pounds in 20 days. Nothing like that. I just think that that is so amazing. And because so much of the weight loss industry and weight loss coaches and even more holistic approaches like naturopaths and dietitians and nutritionists and all of them who are so amazing and doing amazing work in the world, but they approach it with this food focus. It doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. And food is part of it. Um, and, and that's actually going to be a transition into how to find me and what I offer. Awesome. Um, so what I, so I, I would love, love, love for you to come check me out. My website is KendraSeon.com and she's going to have the spelling on there for you <laughs> and everything. So I won't even bother. Um, but right there on my website, you can, you can check out my stuff, see a little bit of my vibe, but you can also, I'm giving you a masterclass on a lot of the things that I teach in my program with people. And you can just get this totally for free because I want people to like, my mission is for everyone and anyone who's been struggling with this who is like maybe sort of kind of starting to realize that diet, diets don't work. Yeah. <laughs> I want you and everyone to know that there's another way. There's another way to find true freedom, like freedom in your mind, freedom in your body, like you've never experienced before, like you never thought was possible. And so that is going to, that is right on my website. Like, And I really want to encourage you to just like, if you're even thinking that you're somewhat sort of interested, like just go there now, like just go to my website right now. Like that's such a huge part of really like committing and making changes is just like feeling that intuitive pull and just going for it. Yeah. Because there's going to be a million reasons why you shouldn't and it's all wrapped up in that, you know, the powerful force of our identity that we were talking about earlier. Like there's <laughs> going to be so many pieces that are going to be like, nah, no, 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 no. Just go check it out. <laughs> yes, definitely check it out. I will have all the information 
in the show notes. I will also be dropping information about Kendra in the Facebook group and Instagram. So head over there if you want some additional information. And I have all of her handles in the show notes too. So pretty awesome. I'm so excited that you are offering my listeners the free masterclass because I think that's a great way for them to check you out. Get more of you too because this uh, this episode has been amazing. So I'm so happy to have you. Thank you so much for everything. This has been really great. Thank you so much. You're so fun to spend time with and chat with and Yeah, I loved every second of it. Awesome. All right. Well, then I'm just going to say goodbye to my listeners. Thank you for listening to Finding Myself. If you like what you heard, please leave a review. If you have a question or a suggestion, feel free to email me at findingmyselfpodcast at gmail.com. I also invite you to be part of our Finding Myself community on Facebook. There you will have access to more resources, more suggestions, more information, and the opportunity to be part of discussions. Please meet us back here next time.